This week, our guest goes to nursing school to escape the military discipline of her parents. After graduating, she marries a shitheel, divorces the shitheel, marries another shitheel, and divorces the second shitheel, bringing us the first ever twofer on our show. Welcome to My Crazy Divorce. failure as a husband, I'm a failure as a man. It's just, I'm beautiful and I'm bright and I deserve better. It's a great day, I'm feeling good, oh, the possibilities of what I could, oh, doing the world at my fingertips, my imagination brings a smile up to my Hello and welcome to the first ever two-for episode of My Crazy Divorce. I'm your host, Tom Milligan, coming to you from the My Crazy Divorce Studios, and boy, do we have a couple of crazy stories to tell you this week. And they're all rolled into one. We have a lot to cover, so we need to get through all the disclaimers and housekeeping stuff real quick. I'm not an attorney or a therapist, so if you take anything away from this show and call it legal or therapeutic advice, well, that's on you. If you need legal advice or therapy, please reach out to a qualified professional. I know a lot of you have crazy divorce stories. If you do, visit our website at mycrazydivorce.com and click on Apply to be a guest so we can schedule a recording session. Okay, are you ready for a crazy story or two? Well, let's get into it. Our guest this week is an amazing person. When we first met, she shared her credentials. So instead of me butchering them, I'll just let her tell you. I am Dr. Juanetta Beasley. I have a doctorate in health administration and a bachelor's of science in nursing. And I'm also a certified nurse manager leader. Huh. And I barely graduated from high school. Hmm. Juanetta's father spent 23 years in the army. So her early life was spent moving from base to base all over the world. When Juanetta was about 13 and her younger brother was about six, dad left the army and the family settled in North Carolina, so that became home. In addition to being a military family, Juanetta's parents raised their children as strict Southern Baptists. Getting baptized when I had grown up was not a a decision you made on your own. It was, oh, you're of age, you're going to go get baptized. And we went down to the actual river. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there was not a, a nice tub where they sprinkled a little water. No, I was dipped back into a dirty river. Um, I didn't know how to swim, so I was more so fearful that I would die. And I was like, well, I know I'm, I'm being accepted <laughs> into Jesus' fold, but I don't want to go right now. I just remember saying, I don't want to go right now. <laughs> After attending several different elementary schools while her dad was in the Army, she attended just one junior high and one high school. But just because her dad was no longer active military, he still ran his household with military precision and very clear rules for his children, especially his only daughter, and especially with regards to dating. My father had a thing. You could not date anyone that played sports, no offense to anyone that played sports, because his his philosophy was there only after one thing. <laughs> and my daughter's name was not going to be spread around campus. So no 
athletic dudes and definitely no one I had an interest in. So nobody that played any sports and nobody she had an interest in. I guess that's one way to keep your high school daughter from dating a lot. I wonder how that worked out. So I had a um, guy in high school who (laughs) I was not attracted to. He was not attractive. And on top of that, he had really bad halitosis. (laughs) I would just keep it real. (laughs) And I was not, and this guy was on me like white on rice. And so he pulled up to our home. They had this address book at high school where they listed everyone's phone number. You could opt in phone number address. So he found me in the address book, pulled up to the home. I never forget. My father was outside cutting the grass and calls me out there and is, you know, some boys out here for you. And you know how I feel about boys coming over. And then he saw the look of disgust on my face. And it says, oh, yeah, he could take you out. I just love her laugh, don't you? So the ugly kid with bad breath shows up unannounced, and Dad knows he's won. I'll bet he was feeling pretty smug about that. I say, from that experience, I honestly believe in arranged marriages because I had an arranged boyfriend, and I did not like him, but by the time we dated for about a good year, I was like, I love him. (laughs) I find that absolutely fascinating. I love it. I really love it. I forgot to ask what happened to him, but suffice it to say it was a high school romance, so it didn't last. And besides, Juanetta had a plan. My parents did not go to college, and so we had two choices. You could go to college, or you can go to the military. That was their only choice, but they really wanted us to go to college because that was not something that they achieved. And they were really excited when I expressed I wanted to become a nurse. Well, there you go. Juanetta had always wanted to be a nurse, so it was really just a matter of deciding where to go to school. She chose Winston-Salem State University for one reason. And I picked that school solely because uh, it was important for me to go to a historical black college. That's really cool. But there was more to it than that. The second reason was it was also two hours away from home, and I knew that it would take some time for family to get to me. So that was my strategy. Why was being two hours away from home so important? I need to get out of this house. My parents are strict. Well, okay. Juanetta wanted to live. So she chose a school to honor her heritage and that was far enough away that she could party, but close enough that she could go home for the weekend if she wanted. She's a genius, but not everyone was convinced it was a good idea. I did have quite a few family members that were saying she's going to be pregnant her first semester. Like her parents were so strict. She's not going to make it out. (laughs) She's going to get boy crazy all of this free time. I'm one of those um, people that if you tell me I can't do something, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to do it just to say (laughs) you were not accurate. And so I was laser focused on 
not allowing that to happen to me. Being bound and determined to make it through nursing school without a child doesn't mean she didn't date. In fact, she got pretty serious with one guy. We dated my entire undergrad career. And then he was uh, two years before me. He did graduate. He did an internship in Ohio. And once he did all of those things, he returned back to North Carolina because he was ready to settle down. He got everything out of his system and had the conversation with me. By this time, I'm about to walk across the stage. And I had to have a very uh, serious conversation with him that that was not something I was ready for. I was like, I'm not ready to be barefoot and pregnant. That's awesome. Sounds like she knows what she wants and isn't going to let some dude get in the way. It was about that time that Juanetta went to a party. Lo and behold, she met a guy we'll call Billy. Billy was down from New Jersey visiting his cousins, and he and Juanetta really hit it off. I love to dance, so we dance, 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 dance. We exchanged phone numbers, and we were going to get together again the next day for breakfast, but it just didn't work out. But we did talk on the phone for a couple of months, and it was just normal, refreshing conversation. Nothing sexual, nothing just weird or awkward, just full conversations about everything under the sun. That sounds like a great friendship to me. Even though they were in different states, their friendship continued to develop. He would talk to me about his girlfriend. He had a girlfriend. And at the time that he met me, he claimed they were off. They were on an off period. But he shared, you know, I have this on again, off again relationship and we're on and we really want to just remove any distractions in our relationship and focus on each other. And so he told me he had to cut off communication. I was like, I completely respect that. As a two-time victim of infidelity, I agree with Juanetta. It's hard to not respect someone that's dedicated enough to his relationship that he's willing to cut off a friendship to make sure there's no distraction. I remember getting off the phone with him, Tom, and saying this prayer. This is why I believe in being careful what you pray or ask the universe for. I was like, I want a man just like him. (laughs) Spoiler alert. In case you didn't catch the irony in her last statement, she really doesn't want a man like him. Nothing like him. Let's find out why. Fast forward uh, about a good five-ish months later after meeting him, um, did apply to become a travel nurse, became a travel nurse, and coincidentally, my first assignment is in New Jersey. And I reached out to him not because I wanted to get with him. I reached out to him because I was a little scared about being in New Jersey alone. And I thought, well, certainly he has to know of some people, hopefully some cute guys that would be open to showing me around. But he volunteered himself. (laughs) I guess Billy and his girlfriend were off. Either that or that no distraction thing was just too much of a bother. Either way, Juanetta and Billy go out on a real date. He did not have a plan for this date. He pretty much we met. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? He's like, well, I guess we could grab a bite to eat. So we 
grabbed a bite to eat. And then afterwards, like, all right, what's next? And um, I say to him, one of the things I want to do, because the contract was a 13-week contract. And I said, well, one of the things I want to do while I'm here is I have to make it to New York City. I've never been, and I have to go. And one of the, I love impromptu, spontaneity, just spur the moment activities. And so he looks at me, he goes, well, let's go now. And I, are you kidding me? Like, like we can actually go. And me from North Carolina, because at this point, it's probably about 930 at night. And so I say, won't everything be closed? And he's like, it's Manhattan. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> And I tell you, I like we went because um, we were a little bit outside of Newark, New Jersey, if you're familiar with the area. So it didn't take us long to get there. And uh, I was just amazed. I did the whole tourist head up, mouth open. Oh, my God. Look at the call buildings. Look at the lights. Look at the billboards. Just captivated. And that was where we had our first kiss. It was just magical. <laughs> like he started with no plan and ended up <laughs> in a good situation. <laughs> well, that's cool. It sounds like their friendship has great potential for more. We get to a point where we're comfortable having home dates, whether he came over to watch a movie or I came over there to watch a movie. There weren't any, you know, the phrase Netflix and chill is more blockbuster and chill still. <laughs> you know, we had blockbuster back in the day. Um, and so we would have these home dates. At this point, I'm pretty happy for them. They seem great together. He starts to get a whole bunch of phone calls. He'll get a doorbell ringing. And it would be this awkward, uncomfortable moment. And then, are you going to get the door? Are you going to answer your phone? Hmm. I wonder who it could be. It was the ex-girlfriend, the one that he was talking about, where she resurfaced. Well, that sucks. Juanetta asked why she'd be calling or dropping by. Billy said there was a very simple explanation. She's crazy! I don't know why she's calling me or showing up. She's crazy! (laughs) Makes sense. I mean, Billy was with his ex for a long time. And I, I bought into it. I'm thinking, why won't this woman leave him alone? She must be crazy. And I'm like, okay, so recap for me. How long have y'all not been together? And he's, oh, it's been months. I don't know why she's all of a sudden resurfacing. Hmm. I wonder. I had this conversation with a friend back home here in North Carolina. And I have a male best friend. And he said, Juanetta. I'm going to break the guy code here. That woman is not crazy. They're still interacting with one another. And she can sense when he's no longer available. And I'm thinking, no way. But sure enough, he was actually correct. So we had a very um, short dating period that was um, immediately infused with us being on again, off again, because this woman coming in and out of his life that he would allow back and forth. At this point of the interview, and at the risk of offending her, 
I couldn't help but point out that while we've all been young and stupid at one point, Juanetta was now the on-again, off-again girlfriend. Her response was pretty straightforward. Correct. Correct. We just flip-flop. What the hell, Juanetta? Why would you allow that to happen? So for me, it did become competitive. It became um, how much can I steal his attention and I have him for the weekend versus he's with her this weekend out on a date. And it became this just back and forth for us. Look, I wasn't there, so it's impossible for me to put myself in her shoes. But damn, Juanetta, you're better than that. Remember, Juanetta's a travel nurse, so she was only on a 13-week contract in New Jersey. To the point where my contract ended and I ended up on another assignment in Virginia. And now I'm in a new city, which is just as equally enticing as being northern New Jersey, close to New York. Now I'm northern Virginia, close to D.C. So I'm not paying him any time of day. I'm just like, ah, you know what? I don't think this relationship serves me any longer. <laughs> Boom. It's one yet a time. Time to leave Billy and his hoe in New Jersey. And he quickly... um turned around and started coming to Virginia on the weekends and I really want us to work and when this assignment is over do you think you can find another assignment in New Jersey oh no please don't tell me and I did it I'm speechless why do we all do such dumb things for love before she moved back, she wanted some assurance that it was over with the ex. So she laid down the law. If I'm coming back to New Jersey, I need to know that you're serious and we need to talk marriage. We need to talk all of these things. And he did. Well, okay. Hopefully that works out. We moved in together. We, um, he it ended up proposing. and. I then, after he proposed, I ended up saying, well, I don't want this apartment. This apartment is soiled because she knows where you live. I want our own apartment. <laughs> soiled. Um, so we found our own space and moved in together. Again, I wasn't there. So I can't say what I would have done in her situation. But the red flags are blinding me right now. But like... Every one of us, Juanetta, is unable to see red at this point. Does anyone think Billy's ready to settle down? That was the worst move ever, because he still did not let this woman go. He just didn't. And I just kept on with, okay, eventually he's going to stop. Eventually he's going to stop. Why would he stop? He's living it up. It reminds me of this scene from The Sopranos. Uh, you remember the story you told me about the father bull talking to the son? They're up on this hill, they're looking down at a bunch of cows. And the son goes to the father, Dad, why don't we run down there and fuck one of these cows? And you remember what the father said? The father says, son, why don't we walk down there and fuck them all? <laughs> 
Something tells me Billy had heard that story. Juanetta has shocked me a few times already, but this next one takes the cake. And I actually remember having the conversation with him where I said, I might possibly be open to an open relationship with parameters. After I picked myself up off the floor, I had two questions for Juanetta. First, why in the hell would you be willing to share your man? And I was like, it's not like you're cheating with five, ten different women. It's just this one person. And if this is the one person I have to deal with the rest of my life, I'm willing, because I mean, I don't want you in the house full time anyway. <laughs> I'm willing to allow you to go have visits with this woman with the following parameters. But he just could not be open about it. And I remember at one point when, what's, what movie is that where they talk about the precious? Where it's like the precious. Lord of the Rings. And I remember once I got that precious ring, sitting one weekend in the house thinking, okay, we live together. I have the ring. Why do I feel like I don't have the prize? I feel like she ended up with the best end of the stick. Like she gets <laughs> She gets the fun side of him. I get the headache. <laughs> oh, that's right. This is before they got married. They're just talking about marriage. And Billy's already out with his side chick. But instead of leaving while she has the chance, Juanetta's offering an open relationship. What the hell? I had to know, what were the parameters for this open marriage? So my parameters were our relationship became first for the holidays. There was no splitting holidays. So Christmas, you're with the wife all Christmas. She can get the day before. She can get the day after I get Christmas. Um, This is where my mind was. No outside. This is how we say it in the South as a Southern Baptist. No outside children. (laughs) Only children within this marriage. And definitely don't bring any diseases home. That was it. It was a short list. I, I'm just in shock. I can't believe what I'm hearing. How did we get from not being allowed to date anyone but the ugly kid with bad breath to this? Despite the fact that Billy's side chick was an open secret, Billy didn't take Juanetta up on her open marriage offer. Billy liked to think he was being sneaky somehow. Wait, what did her dad think about this arrangement? My father actually did, was not aware of our, the intricacies of our relationship. Oh. Does anyone blame her for not telling her father? I don't. At this point, Juanetta's getting impatient and once again lays down the law for Billy. Not about his side chick, but about setting a date for their wedding. Why she still wanted to marry him is beyond me. But it's her story. I remember giving him a deadline of when it needed to happen by, and the deadline had passed. And so now I'm increasingly agitated because we lived together. I came back to New Jersey. Um, I really wanted to stay in Northern Virginia. And you haven't proposed. And there's still this other woman that you can't get rid of. And so now I'm just very upset and agitated. And so we had this argument 
we were traveling to North Carolina for the holidays and we're driving and cursing each other out the whole ride. And I remember we got to Virginia and we were in my car because I had an SUV at the time. And I remember we get to Virginia, um, most probably Richmond, Virginia, and we had a refuel. And I remember saying to him, I was so heated, get out of my MF and car <laughs> and find your way back to New Jersey. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm trying to leave this man at the gas station. And what stopped me was the logistical side of my brain said, when well, yet all your stuff is still back at the apartment, he can find a way back to New Jersey and you come back and your stuff is at the curb. <laughs> so I was like, you know, let him back in the car. Y'all just pretend, make it through this weekend, this holiday weekend. And when you guys get back to New Jersey, like it's, it's a wrap. It's done. <laughs> we are done. Finally, she's come to her senses. Well, we get to North Carolina. My mother is, she loves playing games, loves games. And so she does for the holidays, you may have heard of it, it's called the left-right game, where everyone brings a gift. It's a holiday gathering, everyone brings a gift, and then she reads this story, and every time you say the word left-right, you pass the gift left or right. And then at the end of the game, then the gift that you have is the gift that you have. And so they did the left-right game. The game ends, and everyone's opening their gift. And that's when he says, well, I have an extra gift for one yet of. And proposes in front of family. And I'm standing there like, ah, I had a move-out plan. <laughs> I had a move-out plan. Um, but I did say yes. I said yes in front of confused as I don't know what and still said yes. Which is why I'm against public proposals. I feel like pu public proposals are so manipulative. <laughs> Remember, at this point, mom and dad know nothing of Billy's side chick, the fight that happened on the drive to this party, or Juanetta's resolve to end the relationship. But Juanetta knew, and she had a plan. So why did she say yes? Okay, let me describe the scene, Tom. Of This man is on his knees. It's a family holiday gathering. Do you know all the hooping and hollering that was going on in that house? My mom fell back on the chair crying, oh my God. That was not a moment that I felt empowered to say no. I hope, if you get nothing else from this episode, that we all learn to never let anyone pressure us into agreeing to something we don't want to do. Period. It doesn't matter if they have the best intentions or don't know the whole story. You do you, and everyone else can pound sand. And if they truly love you, they'll understand and support your decisions. So Billy and Juanetta are officially engaged. So now everything's perfect. Yeah, right. We come back to New Jersey. We're still arguing. He still has the woman that he's back and forth with. And we have this apartment that we're in and out just arguing. And 
I remember I, he had a, um, he was at the time a teacher. And so it was a day of a teacher work day. And I remember asking him, what are your plans for tomorrow? And he would not tell me his plans and it agitated the crap out of me. And so I get in my car, he, you know, he's saying, when you had to leave, go to work, go to work. So I get in my car, I drive down the road a little bit. And I think, no, I actually made it all the way to work. And I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach. And I thought, I know what he's going to do. And I hope he just doesn't bring her back to the house. Like, does she know where we live? And I was like, that would make me upset. And so I get back in my car, leave work, tell them I have this emergency, leave work, drive back home. He was still home. He was getting ready to leave. And I said, you know, I am your wife and I just want to know where you're going. I feel like I should be able to know where my husband is going. And he gets upset. He starts yelling and cursing at me and I start yelling and cursing back. And it becomes this horrendous, when I say horrendous, we're throwing things at each other at this point. And so I say, you know what? I get so upset. Here we go. We're going to go into the Real Housewife series. (laughs) And I get so upset that I said, you know what? You leave out this house. And I grabbed this bottle of all-purpose cleaner with bleach. I was like, you leave out this house. I will bleach everything you own in this closet. (laughs) He's like, wow. Yes. And so he gets upset. And he is oh my gosh, if you do it, then I'm going to do it back. So then he grabs a bottle and we're like spraying bleach in the air at each other. It's a whole bleach fest. Yes, it was horrendous. So by this time, um, the police came because I ended up calling the police and they're like, you know what? You guys need to separate. Like, you need to go somewhere. Do you have somewhere to go, sir? He's like, ma'am, or do you have somewhere to go? And I'm like, well, I'm here alone in New Jersey. I have no family. And so he says, you know, I'm going to leave. He had family to go stay with. And so that was our our huge moment of where we just needed to pause. We came back together um, and decided we were going to break off the engagement and not be together. Holy crap. Can you just imagine that scene? It would be truly comical if it weren't just so sad. So she's in New Jersey. There's no family around. Her engagement just ended. Now what? I had to be forthcoming and tell my father a lot. And I vomited. I just remember being on the phone with him because remember, I'm in New Jersey. He's all the way in North Carolina. I remember vomiting all of this information on a phone call to my father, and it was uncomfortable because my father and I didn't have that type of relationship. It was very authoritarian with him. And so I remember calling him like, oh, dad, I got to move and I got to do this. And this is what's been going on. And I remember he got really quiet and he finally spoke up and he says, I'll tell you this, you're either with him or you're not with him. But And I'm on either, I support you either way. He said, but 
I'm trying to remember how you phrased it, but it was something to the effect of um, don't drag family back and forth in your drama. Like just either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it, but you can't bring family along with, oh, he did this, he did this, oh, but we're back together. Like it's either going to be in or you're out. I got to be honest. That is not what I expected to hear from her dad. To be honest, I expected him to be on the next flight out to beat the crap out of Billy. I asked Juanetta if she was surprised by his reaction. My father and I had a heart-to-heart talk, and he said, because by this time, you know, they have a grandson out of the marriage, etc. And he says, I think back to the beginning of you and my and your mother's marriage. And he said, if she would have made the decision to leave me because I wasn't faithful in the marriage when we were first married, he was like, we wouldn't have been the family that you had grown up with. And then it made sense for me why they didn't understand because they went through the same thing where my father was unfaithful in the marriage, but my mother stayed. Oh, got it. Life has a way of teaching some pretty big lessons, doesn't it? So despite being alone in New Jersey, now Juanetta is armed with loving and understanding parents. So she dries her tears and soldiers on. I will tell you this. I had coworkers who really, I mean, they only knew me from work. But when I say really rallied to support me, like took off work to help me find another place to live at. And I found an apartment that next day, but it wasn't available for three weeks. So another coworker allowed me to live with her for three weeks, took me in, and I'm living, right? I'm living with this woman and her children. I remember she um, she moved me into her daughter's bedroom. Her daughter was really upset. I'll never forget that. She was like, oh my gosh. And she was like, well, you can sleep in my bed with me. And she's like, ah. So I'm in her daughter's room with all these stuffed animals. Like, where in the world has my life, like, led me? Um, and so okay, at this point now, I've come clean to my family about what's been going on. And so I get this apartment and I had nothing, no furniture, no dishes, just all of the clothes that I had. And I remember I had this coworker and she said to me, because I, I was going to get furniture on credit. And she said to me, um, Juanetta, no. And I said, no. She said, nope, you don't deserve furniture. And I was like, I don't deserve furniture. And she said, no. She said, you need a chair. She said, go get you one of those sport chairs that they have at the soccer field, those little fold-out chairs. And she was like, maybe an air mattress. She was like, I'll give you that. And she was like, and you need to sit in that for about a good six months. I don't get it. Juanetta's a nurse. She's making money. Doesn't have any kids. She's single. Why not furnish her apartment? And I said to her, I said, why? I can't live like that. She was like, I want you to get one plate, one spoon, one knife, and go to the Goodwill store. And I asked her why. I said, why are you giving me this advice? And she said, because she said, you need to sit and marinate in the choices you have made in that relationship so that you can really dig deep to see if that is a relationship that serves you. 
She said, if you go get all of this furniture and things on credit and decorate your house and make it comfortable, the moment that he starts to regret it and calls you back, you're going to feel good about inviting him back into your comfortable space. But you're not going to be likely to invite someone to a space where you have an air mattress and a chair and one plate, one spoon. Whoa. That's a real friend offering some solid advice. I I think I followed it for about a week and then got the, the furniture on credit. Well, you can lead a horse to water. Sure enough. Two weeks later, he called me and I was like, oh, I'm living well, (laughs) but I've moved on. Life is grand without you. (laughs) I think her coworker is an oracle or something. She totally nailed it. I invite him over. We start dating again. And then he says, you know what? I'm done with this other woman. I want to commit to you. I want to give you this ring back and repropose, and we're going to set a date for real this time. And I was like, prove it. Like, I, I will see. I'm not going to move and make any moves. Like, if you're serious, then you go get the application at the Justice of the Peace. You set the appointment. I want to see by your actions. Well, I've seen enough of Billy's actions. But he does get the appointment. The arguments didn't stop just because I have a pretty ring. It continued. We're arguing back and forth. The girl is still in and out. Um, And then it was, again, I just made another ultimatum. and was like, you know, we got to set a date. And either we're doing it or we're not doing it. We've already called this engagement off. We've already moved apart from one another. We already moved back together again. We have to do something. And so we um, went to the Justice of the Peace and got married. And like I said, I, I remember going, we didn't even go out to dinner. We went to McDonald's drive through afterwards. Sounds like a dream wedding, right? And let's not ignore that she just said, the girl is still in and out. So once again, Billy's actions speak louder than his words. But Juanetta turns a blind eye to certain things. She still was accosted. And I knew that. I knew it. So they're married. Juanetta's won the contest. She has her man. Time to celebrate. It was a very non-celebratory time because at this point, people know what have happened between us. And there was on even on his side and my side in terms of family and friends that were like, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's a good thing. And even though my father gave me that advice, he even still fed him with a long-handled spoon, so to speak. It was really cold and awkward when we would come around each other's families. For the record, I think Juanetta has shown amazingly poor judgment throughout this entire story. But Billy is an outright dirtbag. What kind of person could possibly think it's okay to treat their wife like this? His father also did the same. His father had a family that lived two houses down from where he and his siblings grew up with their mother. And so his thing was when I would threaten about leaving and I'm tired of this, he would say, my mom said the same thing, but she never left. 
That explains so much. Both Juanetta and Billy were emulating their parents. Juanetta was playing the role of her mother, who didn't leave when her father cheated, and Billy? He was playing the role of his father, who had two families. How many times have we heard that we become our parents? Well, you're seeing it play out in this story. Despite being disgusted by this entire situation, I couldn't help but point out what they're doing is called polygamy. (laughs) I spent the first 48 years of my life as a practicing Mormon. Over my lifetime, and especially during my two-year mission, I've had to set the record straight literally thousands of times that Mormons don't practice polygamy, and haven't done so for nearly 150 years. In fact, if a member of the LDS Church practices polygamy, it's considered adultery, and that member is usually excommunicated. But here we have multi-generational polygamy being practiced in Southern Baptists? The irony is awesome. Hey guys, this is Jill from OurDivorce.com. Pretty much everyone has either been through a crazy divorce or knows somebody else who has. When Tom and I designed OurDivorce.com, we knew it wouldn't work for everyone. We knew that there would still be people out there who'd rather pay their attorney to send an email to their soon-to-be ex's attorney threatening to go to court over the blunder. We didn't build OurDivorce.com for those people. We designed OurDivorce.com for divorcing couples who are willing to compromise and who, instead of spending money on an attorney, would rather just get it done while using Our Divorce's quick, easy, and intuitive process. So you have a couple of choices if you're thinking of divorce. You can choose to spend thousands of dollars hoping you win in court after years of fighting. Or you can go to OurDivorce.com, follow our three-step process at your own pace, then print, sign, and file with the courts, all for just $299. Seems like a no-brainer to me. So visit OurDivorce.com and click Get Started to access the most effective, easy-to-use, and comprehensive online divorce solution available today. So Juanetta, Billy, and Sidechick start their new polygamous life together. So bizarre. It was pretty steady the first year. And it could have been possibly the excitement of we got married. And that's me. I forget. I found some framing on um, the Internet about how to ask for money for a house as a wedding gift versus all of these gifts. And so we were gifted very well. And it allowed us to purchase a home because that was our focus. We wanted to get a home and stop renting And we did that. And so it was all of this, you know, the projects with the house, making it your own, being homeowners and the excitement of that, um, being newly married and having date nights and how do we want our marriage to be? And who knows, the, the other girl could have been around, but I was so much in this state of, I'm the wife and this is exciting. I think I want the curtains like this and I want this. And my mindset wasn't really focused on um, any other distractions. Years later, Juanetta can look back and see that she was in denial. And that denial allowed her to agree to have children with Billy. Because of the dynamics of our dating and engagement history, I wanted it to be pretty clear 
we didn't get married because I was knocked up. So I was adamant that we couldn't even start trying until about after a year and a half of being married. (laughs) We were married for about a good year and a half when we had the conversation of, okay, let's start trying. Words cannot describe how weird it is to me that they've been married for a year and a half. Billy is still with both Juanita and the side chick. And for some reason, Juanita thinks it's a good idea to start a family. I remember calling the doctor saying, you said it takes about six months and I have a positive pregnancy test within the first month. (laughs) I still have five more months (laughs) that I was cheated out of. I think you're supposed to be happy for people when they get pregnant, but I'm just going to sit this one out. We're focusing on the pregnancy at this point. Somewhere right before the second trimester, um, things start to go south. And again, I'm focused on nesting, home, pregnancy, that I'm not really looking for distractions. Um, He started to now have weekends away. I'm gone for the weekend. He would come back Monday after work. And I would fuss and say, okay, you're this married man now. I'm pregnant. You have a pregnant wife. Anything could happen to me over the weekend. And then I have to to share, I don't know where my husband is. And that's embarrassing. Like, I feel like you could at least tell me where you are. But he didn't want to do that. And so it then turned into this argument where... We are just now, if he came home, he would go to one room, I would go to the other room, and we couldn't even be in the same space. And it pretty much was like that for the duration of the pregnancy. Such happy memories. He would show up for doctor's appointments. I would give him that. I would text him like, hey, I have a doctor's appointment on this day. He would show up. Wasn't it nice of Billy to tear himself away from side chick to attend the doctor's appointments with his wife? I started trying to devise a plan of how to escape the marriage while pregnant. But at this point, I'm in nursing leadership. And I thought, who is going to really hire a pregnant woman, even though they can't technically discriminate, but they're going to come up with some reason why I'm not qualified for the job. They see this seven-month pregnant belly. (laughs) I'm not going to get hired. Sounds like she's finally had enough. She wants out. But I agree with her. It may be illegal to discriminate, but companies do it every day. So I said, okay, so I can't do that. I remember even having a consult with a lawyer. And this lawyer explaining, because I said, you know, could he get me for kidnapping if I left with the baby? And he said, well, if you are that baby's primary source of nutrition, technically no. So I was like, okay. I was like, no, that's too risky because I'm pretty sure there's another lawyer that can find a loophole around that and I could be (laughs) brought down for kidnapping. And so I said, you know what, Juanetta, you're going to have to ride this out because at this point you have all of this time invested in this organization that you're working with. Pretty much your delivery is going to be covered. You have your maternity leave in the bag. Just ride out this wave. And then after this baby comes, you're just going to have to hit them with, we are done. So Juanetta sticks it out, and finally the big day arrives, and her OB tells her it's time to go to the hospital. I thought, this is my moment. The most I'm going to be there is probably two days. 
and I can have, he's going to be gone for the weekend. I can have this baby. He would never know I left discharged from the hospital and be out and just be out. Yes. And as I'm driving home to get my bag, because of course, healthcare providers are the worst in terms of following instructions. I'm supposed to have the bag in the car, right? No, I got to drive back home to the house to get the bag. So I go get my bag. And that's when I said, you know what? The moment that I call my parents and they come up here to support me, they're going to look at this hospital room and say, well, where is the father? (laughs) Where's Billy? Oh, I didn't tell them that I had the baby. They are going to, they're going to have my neck. Remember dad telling her to not drag the family into their drama? Well, guess what? She didn't. Her parents didn't know Billy was still with Side Chick. All they knew is that this newlywed couple worked hard to save money, bought a house, and were about to have a baby. So she decided not to ask them to come up for the birth of the baby. So I said, oh, I'm going to have to let him know. So I text him to say, you know, just left the doctor. They say it's time if you want to meet me at the hospital. Just felt like I need to let you know. Of course, he calls and says, no, I'm meeting you at the house. I will drive you to the hospital. And he did. He met me at the house. We drove to the hospital. I called my parents. They jump on the road right away. And we made out to this happy delivery, happy moment. All the pictures holding the baby. (laughs) Proud Billy right here. The whole bit. My parents um, stayed with us for two weeks after I gave birth. And that is where they were able to pick through. Shit is going down in this house. Like, they are not happy people. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. The jig is up. Parents aren't stupid. I remember um, (laughs) remember my father saying, um, come with us real quick to the store. And I'm like, but I got a pump. And he's like, nah. Don't worry about that. Come to the store. And so he hands the baby over to Billy. He's like, we're all going to the store. And I knew what it was. I was like, this is an intervention. (laughs) And so we get in the store. We're driving to the store. My father goes, I wanted to say something. It's really tense and uncomfortable in that house. It's really tense. I don't know what's going on between the two of you, but I don't think my grandson should be raised in that type of environment. And We're prepared to take him. We'll just take him to North Carolina. We'll just raise him. (laughs) Y'all need to get your life together and and figure things out. And I'm like, well, you can't take my baby. You know, (laughs) if I can't have a plan with leaving with my baby, you, you for sure can't take my baby. Wow, Dad. That escalated quickly. But it also goes to show just how bad it was in the house and how bad Billy and Juanetta were at hiding it. And so he gets back to the house. I remember him taking, I to this day don't know what he said to Billy, but I remember them going outside and having a conversation, them encouraging us to have a date night. I'm like, I'm still wearing an, an adult maternity diaper. Like, I don't feel really date-ish. I got leaking boobs. <laughs> I gotta be honest. While mom and dad aren't stupid, I think it's a bit naive to think date night is going to fix the fact that Billy is an unfaithful douche. They don't know about the other woman. They just know that we don't like each other. They don't know, like, why can y'all not stand each other? Oh, 
So it's not that they're naive, it's that Juanetta and Billy were able to hide that part better. Oh my hell. We just rode around the block and just kind of like, okay, we're going to make an effort for our son. What a roller coaster. And don't forget, this is just the first of two divorces. (laughs) So how did date night work out? We tried. We honestly tried. We made it through the baby's first year of life. By the time we reached after the first year of life and reached year two, I was so done that I actually planned the birthday party in North Carolina. And I remember sharing it with him about two weeks before. He was like, you know, what are we going to do for his birthday? And I was like, oh, well, I rented this kid's place in Raleigh. We got family coming up <laughs> that live in the area. I already got the plane ticket because, you know, if kids can fly free under two. <laughs> we, we out, but you're more than welcome to come. <laughs> Wow, Juanetta was really wearing some new perfume that day. I think it's called Passive Aggressive. And he's like, of course I'm going to be at my son's birthday party. I can't believe you would plan this without me. So he did come. He did a, a, when I say a quick turnaround flight, he had flown there like a couple of hours before the party landed, came to the party, was back out. And so that's what family was like. Oh, And I still talked it up. I remember saying, oh, well, he has to work. You know, it's a lot of responsibility. So he has to get back so he can work. Okay. How long are you going to keep this up, Juanetta? That next day, I remember going to visit a cousin because she wasn't able to make it to the party. And I brought the baby along. And I remember sitting in her house and she said, what's on your mind? Because you don't seem like yourself. And I said... I don't know. I said, I have to fly back to New Jersey the next day and I don't want to go back. I just kind of wish there would be like some kind of hurricane or some kind of weather event that would prevent me from having to fly out. And she said, well, why don't you just move back home? And I said, I can't move back home. And I I try to, when it came out, I was like, Ooh, I didn't say too much. And I was like, well, she was like, well, why not? And I said, because we have a house. And she said, people leave homes all the time. And she was like, if you want to leave, just leave. And I thought, that's, that's really empowering. I can do that. And I remember going back to my parents' home, getting on their computer. I applied to two jobs, got a call for an interview, and was like, whoa, now I got to break this down to him that I have two interviews in North Carolina. I'm so glad she had that conversation with her cousin. Sounds like she's emotionally ready to face her future. So now what? I went through this really heavy grieving period because I realized in that moment that making the decision to come back to North Carolina um, would likely put me in a position where I would not have my son full time. Because I already had at that point experience working with social services in New Jersey. So I, I kind of understood certain um, processes in terms of family court. And I said, if they're going to look at it as he's in a stable environment, he has a stable sitter during the week. This is his home. You're the one that wants to leave. So you get the summers and the holidays. <laughs> and that's it. And I was like, I'm going to have to grieve my son and let him go. 
I can't imagine how hard that decision was to make. But it goes to show just how much pain she'd bottled up for years. I see her decision as her only salvation. So with the decision made, she flew home to face the music. He came home from work and I said, I have something to tell you. And he was like, what's that? And I said, I have an interview in North Carolina on this date. I'm flying out. And he goes, why are you interviewing in North Carolina? And I said, because I'm done. Like this relationship is not healthy. And we have this little boy and I don't want our marriage to be the example of marriage for him. And I reminded him of how he would throw in my face about how his mother endured their lifestyle. I was like, I don't want that to be what he's telling a woman down the road. Like, oh, my father did it. This is life. Bravo, Juanetta. I've said it so many times. Staying in a shitty marriage for the kids is just teaching kids that it's okay to live in a shitty marriage. I remember he was stunned. And the first thing he said to me, like, oh, I got her. He was like, well, you can't take our son. And I was like, I've already, I already know that. You can have them. And then he was like, oh, you're serious. And I was like, I am serious. So then he says, okay, if, oh my gosh, I didn't think you would actually leave me. He starts crying. I'm going to look for a job as well. But this is not worth our family breaking up over. And so he applies for jobs. And of course, gets a, he actually got hired before I did. <laughs> and so he moves to North Carolina first, finds an apartment. I move down next and we attempt to try to give it a go in North Carolina. O-M-G. You cannot be serious. Again? It hit me again once we settled, probably about six months later. Where I just said, I, I can't fake it anymore. I, like, I, I'm done. I'm done, done. I don't, I'm, thank you for letting go of the girl. you in a whole new state. <laughs> you moved here. That's amazing. But I am done. At this point, the best news of all is that since Billy moved to North Carolina, if they actually do split up, she doesn't have to give up her son. But at this point, she's cried wolf one too many times. I just don't know if she's really done or if she'll give him yet another chance i hadn't been home for a while but my mindset was still as if i was in my parents household so i'm still trying to figure out how do i tell them i'm leaving my husband without them making me stay and so i find this apartment and i remember i, I called two of my male cousins my brother is still in the area at the time. He now lives out of the state of North Carolina, but he was still, I think he had just graduated from college. And I say, I need help moving things around on this day. <laughs> so they show up. My cousin shows up with his pickup truck. My dad shows up, my brother. And they go, and I was like, okay, we're going to take this. We're going to take that. We're going to take, and finally my father goes, I remember him saying, he put his both hands on his hips. He goes, I'm confused. Like half of the apartment is empty. <laughs> but Billy just said he's staying here. So y'all going to have two apartments? And I said, yes, we're separating. So that's how my family finds out that I'm separating. <laughs> well, they've been separated before. So this isn't news yet. 
And my cousins are looking, scratching their head like, this is pretty awkward. <laughs> I thought we were shifting things around or moving things here. And I was like, nope, I am moving out. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> yes. He's in North Carolina. Right. We're separating. Mm-mm. Correct. I speed it up on that. Well, I'm I'm separate or we divorce and I have my period where I'm single. And I decide I am, I go through my healing journey and I decide I am ready for a relationship. I am ready. Okay, yes. That's important in the we're separated. Well, okay, so in the state of North Carolina, you got you have to be separated for 366 days because they want to make sure that you're sure before you can even apply to file. So we did our year and one day of separation. We file. I actually did get a lawyer um, and to make this um, crazy and funny. Um, because I just had a speeding ticket and I had the actual divorce lawyers quote me their prices. I called this guy who did my speeding ticket and was like, Hey, you think you can navigate through a divorce? (laughs) And so he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll charge you about $500 to do that. So I paid him $500. It was horrendous because he did not know what he was doing. (laughs) I'm over there looking up information online for him. Like it says, no, you must have filed that paper first. I was like, I could have done this on my own, but, um, so we divorce. Holy crap. Finally. So let's recap what we've learned so far in Juanetta's story. Do not compete for the affection of your significant other with another person. Do not feel that you have won said competition, even though they're still sleeping with said person. Do not enter into an open marriage unless you both agree to enter into an open marriage. Do not look the other way if your partner is a cheater. Do not get engaged or married to appease others. Do not have children with a known and current cheating spouse. Do not hide your pain from the people who love you. Do not furnish your apartment and invite your cheating ex over and then take them back. I'm sure I've missed several lessons. But the most important lesson of all is do not assume that getting engaged or married will solve any problems in your relationship. That's a lot. And to be honest, I'm emotionally spent. But we still have another divorce to deal with. Juanetta goes more than a year without dating. Good idea. But then decides to put herself out there. I'm doing dating apps. And I'm not meeting quality guys on the dating apps. Not saying, this is for the audience, (laughs) that there's not quality people out there on dating apps. But I was not finding quality people on the dating apps. Believe me, Juanetta, I know what you mean. 
For those of you who haven't seen some of my crazy dating stories, go follow Our Divorce on TikTok. I created a playlist of my top crazy dating stories, and I met all those women on dating sites. And so I am thinking, why can't someone just hook me up? I feel like I'm a decent person. And so I am pretty, not anymore, but I was pretty reserved on social media. I might post a picture here and there of my son. My friends list was probably max 120 people because it was only people that were in the family. Um, And I'm like, okay, let me just reach out to a couple of family member and friends and just say, if you know of someone. And I have an old neighbor reach out to me and say, I know uh, a good guy for you. Matter of fact, this is how he phrased it, pun on words. He's the best man I know because he was also the best man in my <laughs> my wedding. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. Now, fast forward a couple of weeks before at this point, I'm a part of a wine group. And we go out for wine once a month. And the woman who is in charge of the wine group, who also happens to be my mother's boss, says, you know what? Oh, she invites this woman out with us. Who's her childhood best friend. And as they're talking, the woman looks at me and goes, you look like my brother's type. Let me find you on social media. Cause I'm going to hook you guys up. She never, she does link with me on social media, but she doesn't do it now. But I was like, okay, you know, people say things all the time and don't follow through. Okay, whatever. Now I get this notion to message other family members and friends. And then I get um, the response from the old neighbor. And he says, you know, I have this guy. So the guy messages me back and says, hey, I'm this person. This is the number of children I have. And can we talk later? And I'm like, sure. But he still continues to text me throughout. I'm at work. He continues to text me. So then he tells me, I'm like, well, what do you do? Just general questions. So he tells me what he does for a living. And in telling me that, I think it's a pretty unique position. I'm trying to leave him anonymous. (laughs) It's a pretty unique position. Not too many people do this job. Not too many Black people do this job and come to think about it. I feel like I just met a lady the couple of months ago that says she does the same job in the same city. And then as I started going through the Rolodex in my head, I was like, wait a minute. I think if I remember on Facebook and I go on the app, I said, I think if I remember on Facebook, they, the last name So I text him and go, by the way, do you happen to know someone named? He goes, yes, that's my sister. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I met her a couple of months ago. She said that I was your type and she was going to hook us up, but she never did. So by this time he's like, we really got to go on a date. Yeah. I'd say the universe is placing a lot of green lights on the road to this relationship. I'd say they really can't not at least give it a try. So we go on a date. And, um, it just progressed really fast. Um, he asked me what I was looking for. What type of man did I like? 
And when I say he showed up as perfect as he could, he did that. And then we met July 2019. Um, By that December, he's telling me that he could see me being his wife. So at that point, we're like five months in. And I'm thinking to myself, that is amazing. I finally found someone who doesn't need to take four or five years to figure out. (laughs) Who doesn't have a girlfriend. I don't have to deal with all of the other things because that's what I said. I, I can deal with anything except cheating. And I was like, I don't have to deal with this. He seems pretty honest and forthcoming. So by the holidays in 2019, just five months into their relationship, Juanetta has an honest guy. We're going to call him Randall, who has the endorsement of two separate family friends and who's starting to talk about marriage. That next month, I'm thinking to myself, well, where, where do we get to the point of talking about more about that? Because it never came back up again. And we were having this conversation um, and somehow it got to, cause now we're in 2020. Somehow it got to plans for later on in the year. And I, I say to him, well, if we do that, at what point, like what month are we planning the wedding? And he goes, when I say he looked at me, like I had three heads and he goes, what wedding are you talking about? And I go, uh, like you said a few weeks back around the holidays that you could see, like you wanted us to get married this year. And he was like, I said that. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is really awkward. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, were you high? Do you, do you take drugs? Like, is there a mental thing? Like, how do you not remember saying something so significant to someone? Holy crap. Seriously good question, Juanetta. Here's some advice to everyone listening. Don't talk about marriage unless you're serious. The same goes for divorce. If you're married, don't talk about divorce unless you're serious. This shit is real. So now we have Randall trying to figure out why Juanetta thinks they're getting married, and Juanetta trying to figure out if her boyfriend is nuts. That did create some turbulence between us because at this point I'm like, now I can't trust him to be who he says he's going to be. So at this point I start withdrawing and he comes harder. He comes with the flowers. He comes with a nice email to me of how he's reflected on his thought. He did remember saying it. And yes, he wants to get married. Oh, so now he remembers it. What the hell? Fast forward to now we're in COVID, right? Because now March happens. So we're in COVID. Because of COVID, we're doing intense blended family activities. By that May, we officially blend our families. And so he moves into the home with his kids. And we're, we're in May at this point. And that is when it all started to go downhill. Because at this point, what I recognized in reflecting on that relationship is that I fed to him a lot of what I wanted and a lot of what I was looking for. But now we're living together and he no longer has that pre 
requisite of how to show up, how to be, because we're living together. So I'm, I'm looking at him as the man of the house. What decision are we going to make? <laughs> what are we going to do? And that was not where he could perform. He could not. So it came out in him expressing insecurity that he moved into the home that I owned. Seriously? To any single women listening to my voice, if your boyfriend has a problem with the fact that you own a home, he should not be your boyfriend any longer. I would love to find a partner with her shit together like that. He would come up with all of these wild, random arguments of different colors he wanted to paint walls. And he would pick an outlandish color, like, I want to paint the dining room yellow. But it's an open floor plan. How do we paint a dining room yellow? Like, at what point do you cut that off? And then that would turn into, see, you don't want me living here. You really that. You telling me that I can't paint the wall yellow? I was like, I didn't say you couldn't paint the wall at all. I'm just saying, can we come up with the color that we both agree on? And so it was a lot of that dynamic that started to happen. Sounds to me like Randall's having some serious insecurities, right? Then he would transition that into um, my son versus his sons. And there were different attributes of my son that he didn't care for. And so he would then try to ostracize him in the house. And so I started having conversations with him about that because my son started saying to me, I don't want to come back. I want to just stay at my dad's because I don't feel at home here. And I would have conversations with him. This is my one and only son. I I can't lose him in this process. Um, And he would get upset about that. Oh, hell no. When my ex and I got married, I had three sons and she had one from our prior marriages. My kids are all boy. They were loud. They played hard. They fought hard. And they were just what most little boys are like. Her son is quiet, calm, and basically unobtrusive. So the house was very different when my boys were at our house and she had a very hard time with that. So much so that she once set a boundary in the house, a physical boundary that my kids weren't allowed to cross. Only those of us who lived there full time were to cross this line. (laughs) I told her in no uncertain terms that my kids will not be treated as outsiders or second-class citizens, and they are just as welcome in every part of our house that her kid is welcome. Fortunately, she saw my point, and we didn't fight about it. And over time, she built a great relationship with two of the three boys, which I assume continues to this day. But that's not how it played out with Randall. Uh, This is the relationship where it became more psychologically abusive with him working out his issues. So now he's starting to punch holes in the wall, damage doors. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, gosh, I, I pulled my son out of a family a polygamist, as you call it, intact family, (laughs) because I didn't want him to see polygamy, but I for sure don't want him to see this. And this person is not even his father. And so I'm, I'm panicked. So I'm, I'm messaging this man's family. Like, is there something I need to know? Does he have a mental health history? Because these outbursts don't match the conversation that he's having outbursts about. Punching holes in the wall? Really? That's just not right. He would do these silent treatment. 
things. And I never had experience with that. I mean, my first husband, he would just leave and be with the other girls. I didn't have periods of where someone is in the home actually not speaking to me. Like we would sit around the table, a family of six, and he just would not speak. He would talk to everybody at that table except me, and it would just be awkward. Obviously, we're only hearing one side of the story. But it really does sound like he has some issues he needs to work through. And Juanetta can see the writing on the wall. (laughs) Because there were literally holes in the wall. And since they're not married, or even engaged, and she's the one who owns the home, she could easily walk away. But old habits are hard to break. I was raised to be a people pleaser. I was more worried about what people would think if I asked him and his children to leave the home than I was about my own safety or my son's safety. I started to play through like all of the different dynamics that would become awkward or strained if this didn't work out. So I was like, you got to make this work, Juanetta. You cannot have like two failed serious relationships. So you just got to pull through and push through. Wow. Just wow. Why do we care so much about what other people think? It's embarrassing like to say, oh my God, I like my picker signal is horrible. I need a new picker from Home Depot or Amazon because this one is failed. And so I remember but starting to in my head come up with like, you're just going to have to take this hit and let people think what they're going to think, but he has to go. Damn straight. He really does need to go. But I promised you two divorce stories, and by damn, I'm going to give you two divorce stories. But first, these two need to get married. So let's get to it, Randall. Chip, chop, chip. I come home one day. He comes home, and he goes, what are you doing on this random Tuesday? It was close to his birthday. He was having a milestone birthday. And I was like, probably working. And he was like, well, are you able to get off work? I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm salaried. I can just... <laughs> whatever. Why? What do you have going on? Well, I, I'm going to do a birthday photo shoot. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. He was like, and I would like for you to be a part of it. And I said, ah, interesting. Who's doing your, your photographs? And so he mentions this photographer that I told him that if I ever got married, I wanted her to do my photos. And he goes, Oh, remember that photographer you told me about? I I mean, I couldn't think of any other photographers. I called her and I was like, okay, sure. So as we get closer to the date, he then says, oh, well, I'm ordering a suit. And I was like, oh, these are fancy birthday photos. I, I guess I should, <laughs> I should get a dress. So I get a dress. We get to the day before he goes, oh, in um, preparation for tomorrow, the photo shoot is at this time, but you got to be there an hour early. And I was like, well, why do I have to be there so early? He goes, because there's going to be someone there to do your makeup. And then that's when it hit me. I said, wait a minute. I don't want to assume, but is this like an engagement photo shoot? Because like, why would there be so much emphasis on things that I need to do for your birthday photo shoot? Like it's your birthday photo shoot. Um, But I didn't say that to him, but I remember calling some girlfriends and saying, Hey, like y'all help me process through this. And they were like, I mean, this is a possibility. 
Now, again, because I keep everything close to my chest, no one knows any of this other stuff. His outbursts, the tantrums, the like destroying things in the home. No one knows it. All they know is like, oh, this is this great guy. Why is this this great person? They've blended their families. They got this pandemic love going on. And we get to the photo um, shoot. Well, I get my makeup done. He comes right at the time. Um, The photographer's doing solo photos with him. We step out and she goes, I'm feeling fancy today. And I was like, okay. She was like, let's hop in the car. Let's go downtown. We go downtown where she blocks a street downtown. And she does these photos and then does the classic where I'm standing looking one direction and then I turn around and he's on his knee in the middle of that. You got cars driving past, blowing the horn. And it's just this moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, he proposed. But I promise you in that moment, as I'm standing there, like, I'm thinking here I am again with another manipulative proposal. Yep. Another manipulative proposal. Indeed. I'm sure she's learned her lesson from how well the last one turned out, right? But I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to be different this time. Perhaps all of his outbursts is because we've both been married before. We're a blended family. Blended families are stressful. Second marriages are stressful. And maybe all of his outbursts were because of this moment right here. He was just really stressed about, oh my gosh, I'm about to take on a second wife. I literally cannot understand how she could convince herself of that. Not even a little bit. So he proposed, I accept. Now we're in this marriage and we're, I'm saying, look, it's the second marriage for both of us. We're both old as dirt. I, let's just do like, we can go somewhere in a lope. I don't want a ceremony. He says, of course, I want a ceremony. (laughs) Now it's challenge. We're still in the pandemic. I'm like, well, how are we going to have a ceremony? Because we're in the pandemic. Randall actually wanting a ceremony is as shocking to me as Juanetta's willingness to marry him in the first place. What guy actually wants a ceremony? From that point forward, it just continued to disintegrate. I mean, he's having more outbursts. He's having, he even asked for the ring back. Yes. In the middle of a discussion, because at this point, I'm like, if we're engaged, we're going to be this family. You got to try to make an effort with my son. Shut down, had this outburst, is upset. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done with this whole blended family thing. I just want to focus on my children. And I want the ring back. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) I really should have taken that as my out. Like, here. I was like, are you serious? Like, oh my gosh. So then he finally, he goes, okay, never mind. I'm joking. I didn't mean it. I'm just upset. And I was like, well, can we commit to not using that as leverage is one person is upset, like use different words. So we continue forward planning this wedding. Um, I, because of my faith, say God tried to put all the signs that we shouldn't get married. Uh, three weeks before we get married, the whole household is hit with COVID. The entire household. 
I'm not a religious man, but to me, that's almost biblical. I mean, other than a billion frogs coming up out of the river, I can't think of a more obvious sign. I'm waiting for someone to say, you don't have to do this, because I just did not feel empowered or strong enough to say it myself. And I'm waiting. So I, I remember calling the wedding planner and saying to her, okay, here's the situation. We all have COVID. We got to do the whole 14 days. I mean, that puts, by the time we're out of quarantine, we literally have five days before our wedding day. And I was, and she was like, don't worry about it. I'll call the venue. I'll see what they say, if they want to cancel and postpone it. And I'm like, if they cancel and postpone it, yes. Then I can come to him and say, look, we've had quarantine. This is our moment to pause. Nope. The venue was like, <laughs> it's a COVID. We had to have no more than 15 people. So the venue was like, well, if everyone else is well, and they've already done their quarantine period, we're fine with moving forward. I was like, dog on it. The lesson here, when the universe gives you a gift of worldwide pandemic as a sign, take full advantage and don't rely on your wedding planner to decide to marry someone. So then we did premarital counseling. I was like, I'm going to unload all of this on a counselor and they're going to be like, I think y'all should rethink this. Nope. The counselor was like, oh, blended families are hard. I am in a blended marriage myself. And it was very tumultuous at the beginning, but we're in a good place. You'll get there. Just keep the lines of communication open. And I'm like, woman, did you hear what I said? He punched a hole in the hall and he took the door off. The- <laughs> like, did you miss that part? Is it that hard? And I'm like, okay. I guess we're moving forward. So we we did. We ended up getting married. Um, and then it escalated more after that with more verbal abuse, more psychological abuse. He then added financial abuse. And then our last, like the day before we completely separated, it turned physical. When his two oldest boys, like they responded almost immediately, busted into the room. And I remember saying, because we were undressed. And I remember saying, and I was so focused on them seeing me undressed, me saying, hey, guys, get like, I will calm your dad down. I'm not dressed. Get out. And they were saying, we have to get our dad. We know how to calm him down. When they said that, the nurse part of my brain caught that quick. And that's when I was like, I am in an unsafe situation. When they said, I know how to calm him down. I was like, they've seen this before. His kids ended up calling the police because of their father's behavior. Whoa. His kids called the police on their own father? That certainly lends credibility to Juanetta's side of this story, doesn't it? In that moment when his two oldest sons came in the room, I instantly remembered It was like everything was just going so fast. I remembered him telling me a story about a time that he was married to their mother and how he had threatened to kill her. And that was when she was done. They had this argument. He had threatened to kill her. He told me he had the police were called. He ran off naked in the woods. A whole thing. But because his family has this long standing business in this local town, His father knew the chief of police in that area was able to call in a favor. So it didn't go badly. And I'm thinking, well, the 
the main thing is this woman, like the leverage this woman had with him was that she's the mother of his children. Like we have no children together. Like what is the stop? And he won't let me out of this room. And I was like, what is to stop him from harming me all the way or even more? Exactly. Randall's kids may have saved Juanetta's life. We'll never know. Either way, they're heroes, and I can only hope they don't grow up to be like their dad. Randall and Juanetta separated last year and now have waited their mandatory 366 days to file for divorce. We have finally reached just this past month the ability to apply for divorce. So now we're just waiting for the court to sign, seal, and deliver it, and it will be done. That is just nuts. I got to tell you guys, despite the fact that I've been and sounded exasperated with Juanetta's poor decision-making throughout the show, I want you to know that I'm a firm believer in one's ability to learn and to grow. Juanetta is human, so she's made mistakes, and she'll make more in the future. But she's not one to stay down for long. It takes quite a bit of courage to come on this show and bare your soul to the world about your poor decisions. And, what did she call it? Her broken picker. I had to go through a period where I said, girl, really? Like, your decision-making when it comes to the sake of love and being in relationship, like you really need to pause. I have no desire to be in relationship right now. No, I'm not there yet. However, I, um, yes, I have been very vulnerable and open and transparent about my poor decision making when it comes to men. And my message to women being, you know, think of yourself as a corporation right? And so when you have a corporation and they are hiring employees, correct? They're not going to look at the person who's saying, I am not fit for the job or who's showing poor behavior that they cannot maintain themselves in the role and say, we're going to keep this employee. (laughs) We're just, we're going to keep this employee. We're going to promote them to CEO. They're not going to do that. And And so that's my message to people is think of yourself as a corporation, have boundaries, have standards. And if people are not meeting those, be okay with saying, peace, I'm done. Very wise words from an amazing human. I'm so grateful for Juanetta. She's taught us all some valuable lessons while being very vulnerable. If you liked Juanetta's story, please let us know by giving us a five-star rating on whatever app or platform you're on right now. Every rating is huge for the show, so I truly appreciate those of you who've already given us a five-star rating. Also, please share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to grow our audience. And finally, if you've been through a crazy divorce, go to mycrazydivorce.com right now, click on the Apply to Be a Guest button, And let's get your story out there so others can learn from you like we've learned from Juanetta today. Have a great week, everyone. It's a great day, I'm feeling good, oh, the possibilities of what I could, oh.
imagination brings a smile.